You're listening to The Calling. As a reminder, you can listen to every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Pods, and others. Simply search The Calling. If you're having difficulty locating The Calling on your app of choice, send an email to the underscore calling at hotmail.com and we can send a link directly to you. If you want to speak about something or discuss a topic further, or maybe you don't agree or you want to share a different perspective on what we talk about, please send an e- email to the underscore calling at hotmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Last week, we discussed the need to tame our tongue and the impact our words have on our actions and those around us. James concludes in chapter 3 with an emphasis of God's wisdom. Now, you may recall when we started our spiritual development with James, he instructs us to seek God's wisdom faithfully. And you're going to notice a lot of parallels between God's wisdom and what that looks like and the expectations of Christianity. This is not a coincidental aspect. So this week, we're going to take a deeper look at what James has to tell us about God's wisdom as we continue to grow in Christ. Now, I've shared a lot of my past with you, and depending on how long you've been listening, you can gather that I've made and continue to make plenty of mistakes. I'd like to say I've grown and learned from all these experiences, but I'm often stubborn. <laughs> Man, right? I know everything. Or at least I often think I do. I know the proper way, the best route, the most logical this, the way, reason we should do that, yada, yada, yada. I love talking about topics that I feel comfortable in and confident in, like human behavior, sports, social issues. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I'll talk about everything. Well, except feelings. We don't talk about feelings. You ever learn something new and get excited to go tell someone, teach someone, or demonstrate your new skill? I remember the day I learned to ride a bike without training wheels. The world was mine. Well, for at least six hours, because then I would inevitably crash and gash my knee open, which required medical attention. I also remember learning how to intervene with people who struggled with their emotions, which would lead them to act out physically. And as I've shared before, I used to work for an agency that specialized in this type, and they invested in my education and in me in developing these skills. And as a result, I became the agency's behavior expert. What about you? I'm sure there's topics you feel a level of confidence that elevate your persona to expert level, right? You have that area in your life that you're comfortable with in giving instruction, whether it's your home, whether it's your work, maybe it's a hobby. You have that thing. And I'm positive you have some knowledge on something that you get excited to discuss or even demonstrate. Understanding this, it's also important to to know that our knowledge does not compete with God's wisdom. So we're going to jump into James right now. In chapter 3, picking up in verse 13, James tells us, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. James once again places emphasis on good works, and to tie it together, James points out to our meekness of wisdom. 
In other words, do good works quietly and humbly in the name of God. Don't go posting on social media or parade with the look at me that we as Americans have come to know. And James goes on to label this type of wisdom, this type of action as earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Jeepers, James, settle down. I just want my followers to know how awesome I am. But that's the point. When we start to do things for recognition, we are no longer doing things for Jesus. When we are no longer serving, we are looking for the accolades to be served. And aside from the social media aspect, I'm guilty of doing this. I've done good work out of selfish ambition. And people who know me know that I love to brag about my work. And what makes it difficult is that we're taught to boast. Especially as men, we're, we're taught and encouraged to let our accolades shine. It's all around us. And to add to this struggle, there are churches and ministers all over operating out of selfish ambition. And once again, demonstrating the vast importance that our spiritual development is necessary. And to help us understand, and more importantly, identify when these situations arise. But to begin to fathom that wisdom from God is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, we need to understand what God's wisdom looks like. James tells us God's wisdom first is pure. And this is speaking directly to the condition of the heart. Now remember in chapter 1, James tells us to ask for God's wisdom in your faith in God alone which is asking in a complete trust in God. And this starts with the status of your heart. If our heart is hardened or not open to the Holy Spirit, we are closed off to the opportunity to learn from God. If you turn to Psalms in chapter 51, you'll notice in verse 10, the writer says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. If you turn to Matthews, Jesus tells us as part of the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And these, all their different scriptures validate James' stance that wisdom is first pure. Our hearts need to be clean and open for us to receive that guidance needed to walk with Christ. And to do that, we need to first accept Christ. We can't expect to find God's wisdom if we haven't taken that first initial step. We need our hearts to be ready for that instruction. And after we get our hearts right, then it's time to get the mind right. James states, peaceable. God instructs us to operate in peace, and it's important to note here that peace is a state of mind. The prophet Isaiah tells us in chapter 26, you keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Conditioning our heart and mind will guide us to God's wisdom and strengthen our faith, and in doing so, we will develop spiritually to discern what is from God. And if you're anything like me, you've encountered seasons of confusion. And these seasons wreak havoc on our minds and we find everything but peace. 
But for these seasons, it's important to reference 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. It tells us, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Philippians tells us, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But how do we reach this peace? My life's in chaos. I have crazy work expectations. I have bills. I'm married with kids. This problem, that problem, this adulting thing is tough. My mind's right. I love Jesus. And I desperately need God's wisdom. So how do I obtain peace? And when you reach this moment, it's important that we recognize and we need to start letting go as we've shared in previous weeks. We need to reference scripture like John 16. It states, I have said these things to you that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus straight up tells us, chill homie, you're going to have difficulty, but you have peace in me. How awesome is that? Jesus is telling us, I got this. Amen. And if you need more, check out 1 Peter in chapter 5, casting your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now I know this is easier said than done, but no one said being a disciple of Christ is easy. And once we seek and obtain this peace, we'll be able to apply God's wisdom, which instructs us then to be peaceful and gentle. And to grasp God's gentle wisdom, let's go ahead and turn to Proverbs 15. that states, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You'll notice in Ephesians 4, it states, You have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. However, we are programmed to respond, and in 2020, we are conditioned to respond aggressively. You'll see it all around us. It's an election year. We're getting ready to actually have an election here in a few days. Left, right, blue, red. And everybody's view challenges one another. But once you start to seek God's wisdom, your transformation will begin to see the need for an open heart, a peaceful mind, and a gentle response. I remember as a, working in an agency once, I had two staff who were in an argument, and both staff were right in their own mind, and both responded harshly to one another. I was able to communicate to both parties that when we respond like this, this constant negativity back to one another, We only justify the other person's stance. And as a result, both parties will remain mad at one another because both parties will believe that they're justified in their reaction to one another. But see, when we do this, we we aren't able to move forward. But if you were able to apply what we just learned here about God's gentleness and even reference Proverbs here or any of the scripture we just referenced, you'll help to see that God's wisdom gives us perspective and understanding that we can't change people directly. However, we can change everyone indirectly by directly changing ourselves. And that starts with our ability to understand and apply God's gentle wisdom in our responses. Now moving on to the next criteria, God's wisdom is open to reason. Now, Webster tells us reason or open to reason is the ability to listen to logical and sensible thinking. One of the more popular arguments I encounter against Christianity is that it's not logical or sensible. 
arguments and, and questions like this require us to seek God's wisdom to be equipped to answer. Nobody wants to be that, well, uh, well, uh, well, because the Bible says so. Jesus loves us. You know, James tells us that God's wisdom is open to reason. And it just so happens that the Bible is loaded with logical reason. Check out Thessalonians chapter 5. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise the prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. In other words, apply and attest the lessons in the Bible. As you develop, you'll notice that even a secular world that we live in loves Jesus. They just don't like to admit it or give him credit. I mean, I just took part of a a training on uh, trauma-informed care, which is the impact trauma has on people's lives and and how we can help people overcome this. And at its core, my wife pointed out that this is exactly what Jesus teaches us to do. All they did was remove him and apply this new sticker. This is a new way of thinking. This is, you know, monumental. But it isn't. These lessons are here for us. Applying God's wisdom will strengthen your faith and prepare you to intervene in the life of an atheist by gently challenging their thoughts. We don't have to be rude about it. God doesn't say, come at him with a hammer. Right? Encourage him. Put the Bible to the test. Stop isolating scripture to manipulate the agenda. And as you study scripture and seek God's wisdom in this, you will begin to equip yourself for these conversations. James goes on to tell us that God's wisdom is full of mercy. This should be common sense, right? One of the fundamental cornerstones of our faith is mercy and forgiveness. Luke chapter 6 says, Be merciful even as the Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Although knowing the presence of forgiveness in our faith, we often reserve this, though, don't we? And we've discussed several weeks ago how it's important to apply this to everybody. And when seeking God's wisdom, you'll know that if your direction that you think you're getting is is to condemn, to judge, or even persecute someone, our guidance is not coming from God. Now, I'm not speaking of the pursuit of justice. I'm simply pointing out that God's wisdom is laced heavily with mercy. Now, you'll notice the final three aspects of God's wisdom that James provides for us are, are good fruits, impartial, and sincere. Further cementing that our, our good work is a product of God's wisdom to produce good fruit. And in order to do that, we need to be impartial and sincere. And we've spoken on these three areas in previous podcasts. So for the sake of time and to keep your focus the best I can, we're going to not explore these three any further today. Seeking God's wisdom is important for our spiritual development and sustaining our walk with Jesus. And I want to point out, having intellect is not a sin. But, le- but believing the lie that your knowledge is better will lead you to sin. The other sources are plenty, and there are information out the wazoo, and they're very assertive. So much so that we can relate to the caution of Colossians 2 and verse 8 that states, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. The beauty of being a Christian is that we're given a choice. You've been given that free will to determine for yourself what you're going to believe and where you're going to get your insight from. 
And part of that, you're going to be faced with choices that empower you to seek God's wisdom or to apply your life to your own understanding. I'm going to be real with you. I'm not a preacher. I didn't go to seminary school or any type of formal education for the scripture. I hadn't attended a Sunday school class in 20 years. I mean, heck, I didn't even read the Bible in its entirety from cover to cover until about 18 months ago. This podcast is, is me talking about my, or talking to myself about the areas of my life that I need to grow and address just as much, if not more, than me talking to anyone listening. I needed to learn that I don't know everything. And other things that I have been taught and that I do know, I've come to realize that God's perfect and pure wisdom was at the core. I share that because I, I, can, I can share and, and believe that I'm Paul's audience when he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, we are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written, let one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You know what my bike ride to freedom and my knowledge of behavior have in common? Right after I thought I knew everything, I crashed. Seeking God's wisdom extends beyond our understanding. It's making a conscious decision to filter your life through His direction. James makes a point to specifically reference this topic to not only inform teachers and raise caution towards the risk of bad teaching, but to remind all of us, when we rely on our own understanding, we will inevitably crash. Now we've been seeking God's wisdom for the last several weeks And this week, I want you to continue to search for God's direction by spending time in the scripture this week. Begin to apply what James has been teaching us. And as you pray, pray for these traits traits of God, God's wisdom, that you need to work on. Which areas are you strong in? Which areas do you need to work on? Start to take note of your progress that you've made on our spiritual walk. And if you would, read James chapter 3. Verses 13 through 18. Allow time for that to sink in. God is calling you to apply His wisdom to your life. Will you answer?